Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode number 126 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you from Miller Park. It's good to have you with us. The Brewers, of course, getting ready to wrap up a three-game series and a six-game homestand. This three-game series of the Washington Nationals, the crew looking for a sweep this afternoon against the Reeling Nats, who are now two games below 500. The Brewers have taken the first two games of the series after dropping two of three to the Dodgers over the weekend coming out of the All-Star break for the Brewers. So the crew getting ready to embark after today on an eight-game road trip, four games in San Francisco and four games in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. Going to be a very big trip coming up here for the crew. The crew currently sits as we talk today at 58 and 45, 13 games over 500. They are a game and a half back of the Cubs in the NL Central. They have a four and a half game lead over Pittsburgh for the third spot in the NL Central as the Cardinals have fallen behind Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh red hot right now. They're winners of 11 in a row. And the crew is currently sitting at 13 games in front of Cincinnati. So. The NL Central starting to take some shape. It looks like the, the Cubs and the Brewers, probably the two teams in the NL Central that are going to be hanging around, although the Pirates are trying to get themselves into that conversation and trying to make things interesting themselves. The Brewers, if the season ended today, would be in the postseason. They would have the number one wild card spot, so they would be hosting the wild card game at Miller Park if the season ended today. They're currently a game and a half up on Atlanta for the lead over that first spot for the first wild card spot and uh, percentage points Atlanta's percentage points better than Arizona for the wild second wild card spot so the Brewers essentially a game and a half up on both Atlanta and Arizona in the NL wild card standings Brewers have made a plethora of moves over the last couple of weeks there's been injuries there's been some shuffling the back part of the bullpen and so it's been very very busy transactionally for the crew of course we are a week away from the trade deadline and it's going to be interesting in that regard as well brewers really haven't made any significant moves and haven't made any moves in july from a trade standpoint of note but uh, that could change uh, in the next 24 48 72 hours who knows uh, what might happen but the brewers have uh, been quick to point out that they are analyzing the market and they will make moves if they feel like there are moves out there that make sense for this club that can help improve this team and help propel this team on to the postseason. Okay, here's what we have coming up for you on the show today. Tuesday night was a really special night at Miller Park. The Brewers inducted Jeff Jenkins into the Walk of Fame, uh, a tremendous honor, of course. And then they inducted Prince Fielder, Doug Melvin, and the late Harry Dalton onto the Wall of Honor. And all four were recognized and honored on Tuesday night. The Harry Dalton family, Harry's wife Pat, and his daughters were there in attendance. And of course, then Doug and Prince and Jeff Jenkins all honored with a really special on-field ceremony Tuesday night before game number two of this series between the Brewers and the Nats. I had a chance on Tuesday to catch up with Jeff Jenkins and talk to him about 
being on the Walk of Fame for the Brewers. So we'll talk to Jeff Jenkins in a little bit here on the podcast. Also, we're going to do Sabermetrics 101. Christian Yelich is out of control right now, and we're going to tell you a little bit about that uh, coming up in Sabermetrics 101. And then we're going to talk to Corbin Burns, who is quickly turning into a high-leverage reliever for Craig Council. Really been fun to watch Corbin Burns get called upon in some big spots very, very early in his Major League Baseball career and see him come through like he has. I had a chance to catch up with him uh, almost a couple of weeks ago now down in Miami after he made his debut and we'll get his thoughts from that debut, but he's been lights out ever since as well. It's really been a cool story for the Brewers' bullpen that just keeps getting stronger, it seems like. And we're going to check in on the farm. Some big things happening in Biloxi that we'll tell you about as well. So a ton coming your way here on Brewers on Tap, and we're glad that you've dialed us up for it. Let's jump right into things, and let's brew up the past with Jeff Jenkins. Back in against Mesa, who is working from the windup. The 0-1 pitch. Swings, and there it is! Now let's brew up the past. And this is fun for you because you get to come back and you get to really share this moment with your family, which I know it means a lot to you. It does mean a lot, and it's neat yeah. to see Prince and Doug uh, see their families here, and you know, it's just see the enjoyment. Um, you know, it's it, it, it. You start out as a young player in the big leagues, and you play your whole career with your your head down, your nose down, you're playing hard, and then all of a sudden you're done. You're done with this long career, and then you know you have a time to reflect when you're done. And I think when you when you watch baseball now. You just have a, a really, really great respect for how hard the game is and, and how, how hard it was to, to play for a long time. I mean, guys come up here, but they can't stay. And, you know, so you do, you do have this great respect for, you know, all the support that you had from fans and from the organization and from your family. And uh, it's just it's a really cool feeling. What stood out to you when you first made it to Milwaukee and you got a chance to, to really be around this fan base and this this organization in particular, what was it that stood out to you about this place? Loyalty. Uh, just three million fans coming every year to see baseball, regardless of you know how we're doing, and it's just uh, it's uh, it's awing that to see the support from this city, how much they love their Brewers. I mean, when you walk the town, you're going out to dinner. Uh, you know, we're we're staying in the third ward, and we're walking down down the street, and just everyone's in their Brewers garb everywhere. So little kids, older, I mean, it just doesn't matter. So. It's, uh, it's an unwavering support from this organization, you know, and it really starts with the front office and David and all, everybody from the top on down with Mr. A, and, and uh, they just do an amazing job with the fan experience, uh, involving the fan in the game. Um, I know they're really great at social media and everything that they do, so it's, it's just uh, kudos to them, man. They've created an amazing experience, uh, you know, to, as a Brewer fan. Do you have a single moment that you can go back to that you draw on, or were there just so many that it's just a collective feeling about your time in Milwaukee? You know, on the surface, you just say collective because there's so many, so many ups and downs and great moments. Um, you know, but uh, that last day as a Brewer was very emotional for me coming off the field. Uh, Ned, you know, let me come off the field, and, and you know, ironically, Bronny took my place out there. So it was just, uh, you know, that was an emotional day for me. Uh, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, that's it. You know, and it's tough. But then again down the road you become reflect reflect and you just go hey, you know what it's just the changing of the guard it's it's going to happen to the next guy it's going to happen to the next guy but as long as I played here uh you know I'm just happy about how I carried myself how hard I played how much I hustled and you know I can uh, sleep at night because I know I gave everything I had 
You know, baseball's a, a tough sport, especially at the professional level, because continuity is not always there. But for you, you can come back here, and there's there's still Mr. A, as you say. Um, Doug Melvin's still involved yeah, with with the organization. Ryan Braun is still here, of course. But but Craig Council's a guy you're very close with, and here he is managing. How nice is that as an alum of the Brewers to be able to come back and see familiar faces all these years later? It's amazing. Uh, again, there's loyalty to the organization, of course. Counts the Whitefish Bay boy, and uh, but he's just a you know take that away. He'd be here if he wasn't from here. He's a, he's a he's a really really smart guy, very witty. Um, you know he he sees everything out there. He's anticipating, and I always knew when I was playing with him. I, I got a chance to play twice with him. We actually had him, and he left and he came back, and. Uh, you know, he was the guy when I wake up on the road, I'd be like, hey, Counts, let's go get breakfast or whatever. We'd talk about the pitcher that night, and, you know, we'd build through the crossword, then all of a sudden I'd pick his brain because he's just a really smart guy. And, um, you know, I really believe that the knowledge that I, I gained from him uh, helped me as a player, uh, whether it was on a weekly basis, daily basis, or even an in-game basis. Um, but he's just a super, super smart guy. The Brewers are lucky to have him. So the Walk of Fame, this is like getting a star in Hollywood, so to speak. So yeah. what was the first moment like for you when you saw it? Crazy, man. Just, uh, I guess all I could think about was just having my family there and taking some pictures with them and just seeing the the, the joy on, on my kid's face. That's For me, that's kind of what it's about. I mean, of course I had joy on my face. I'm like, oh my gosh. But you know, the coolest part, too, is it's in left field where I played most of my career, right, right into the left field uh, bleachers or whatever. So... Um, little irony there but it just it's just super cool for me to uh, be a part of that illustrious group you know I mean your, your name's you know your Hank Aaron's there and Robin Young and all these other guys so it's it's neat to know that you're part of the story and that what you did affected the franchise and they they really are they're just thanking you for it Jeff we appreciate it thanks so much congratulations yeah thank you let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101 Okay, as we start to look at Sabermetrics 101, we told you Christian Yelich the topic this week on Sabermetrics 101. Going back to July 8th, so this is a span of 14 games now for Christian Yelich. He is hitting 426 over that span. That's 65 plate appearances. He's 26 for 61. He has six doubles, two triples, two home runs. He's driven in 17. He's walked three times. Christian Yelich has an OPS of 1,150. He has a batting average on balls in play of 558. It's pretty incredible what he's been putting together. Christian Yelich has been absolutely on fire. He has been carrying this team offensively over the last couple of weeks. So Christian Yelich gets our spotlight, if you will, in this week's Sabermetrics 101. Now, to take it a step further, if you want to talk about war, uh, and you look at the Brewers players and the top players in terms of war this year, wins above replacement. Lorenzo Cain still the top guy. Lorenzo Cain has a 4.9 wins above replacement. But right behind him, Christian Yelich and Jesus Aguilar, both with three wins apiece. A three war apiece between those guys. Travis Shaw comes in next at 2.6. So Christian Yelich has really become one of the dominant players in this lineup. Christian Yelich had the big all-star game. He's, he's starting to, to look like an MVP type of candidate. I don't know that the numbers are at that point yet, but Christian Yelich continues on this kind of a tear. Who knows what is next? Really incredible numbers from Christian Yelich. By the way, in that same span I was just talking about, 17 driven in. 17 driven in in 14 games for Christian Yelich. 
just absolutely amazing on Sabermetrics 101. I had the chance to catch up with Corbin Burns after he made his debut down in Miami a couple of weeks ago. He has since been outstanding for the crew. Corbin Burns now has made four appearances. He's worked seven innings. He's allowed just two hits. He's walked two. He has struck out nine. He's only allowed four base runners against him so far in four appearances this year. He's 1-0, and he has not allowed a run, as you might imagine. Here's what he had to say after he collected a save in his Brewers debut. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, in 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good it, job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was um, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in. Uh, trying to do too much now for the clubhouse conversation you make your major league debut last night everybody dreams about that moment i'm sure you had run it through your mind a million times as a reliever i don't know that there could have been much better way to debut come in collect a save a two inning save at that uh, what was it like for you last night soaking it all in when it was all said and done um you know it's pretty awesome um you know it's pretty cliche but it's one of those that you know it's a dream come true um, you know, to, to, to hear the phone call, you know, say, hey, Burns, you're up. And then, uh, you know, to get going, um, you know, shake off those, you know, the first jitters out there in the bullpen, you know, kind of get that adrenaline rush. But uh, then, you know, to get out to the mound, um, you know, fill up the strike zone, pound the zone. And um, you know, had two solid innings. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. First pitch was a little bit wild. <laughs> and then you settled in from that point forward. Was it good just to get that one out of the way? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, you know, everyone could say it's jitters, adrenaline, whatever, you know, whatever it is. But, um, you know, I just wanted to go out there and try to throw, you know, throw a bunch of strikes and, you know, let the defense work. And, um, you know, I was able to throw a lot of quality pitches last night um, with the fastball, with the breaking stuff. And, um, you know, they hit a, hit a couple hard, but right at guys. And, um, you know, I was able to close it out. It's been a quick rise for you. You were drafted just a little over two years ago by the Brewers, and you had a great start to your career. And then last year had the, the huge year where you moved up very, very quickly through the ranks from Class A advance to Double A and, and really dominated at both levels. And then this year you uh, start in Triple A, and it's a different environment, as everybody knows, in Colorado Springs. And you make the move just a couple of weeks ago to being a reliever with the thought that you can help this club this year. Uh, at the major league level. How did you take that news and were you excited about that opportunity because it meant you might get here faster? Yeah, yeah, so I, I, you know, I'd been throwing the ball all year. Um, you know, of course the results weren't, weren't quite what I wanted, but I was still, you know, working on a couple of things, you know, throwing some quality pitches. And then uh, you know, after my last, one of my last starts down there, they said, hey, you know, we, I think we're gonna transition you to the bullpen. Um, it's a way to, you know, like help you get to the big leagues faster, help at the big league club. Um, and, you know, I was all in. Um, you know, from you know the next day, started started working on that, on that transition, and um, was able to you know talk to a lot of the veteran guys there to help with the transition. Um, talking to guys like like Lopez Zagurski who's up here, um, you know, some of those guys help help made the uh, the transition a little bit easier, and um, you know was happy to get that call and the opportunity. You were up the first day in Miami. You didn't get in, and, and then you get up last night and you do get in. And, and it's a tight, it's a high leverage situation that you come into. You ended up getting the save. 
Are you glad that that was your first taste, that it was high leverage and it wasn't just some mop-up duty on one end or another of a, a lopsided game, that you came in in a moment where you had to be on your game right away? Yeah, no, it's pretty cool that, um, you know, Counts and, you know, the rest of the guys in the dugout, you know, had that confidence in me to go to go straight to me, you know, even though it was my, you know, the first opportunity or whatever. But, um, no, you know, it was, it was great just, uh, you know, to get in there and, you know, get those first two innings, get under the belt, and, you know, I can go out there and, you know, just breathe from now on and just, just be who I am. How much of your family is here uh, for this series? And I'm sure they were scrambling a little bit to, to get here, but how many people were able to be here to share this moment with you last night? Yeah, so actually my girlfriend was in uh, Colorado Springs when I got the call. Um, so she was able to help me pack, and then she flew out here with me. And then uh, my parents and um, a former college coach and, um, and my, one of my agents was here. Um, so they were able to fly in. Jeez, what was that? Uh, the first day we were here, yeah. they were to fly in. So they, 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 they were here the last two nights, got to see me you know, warm up the first day and then eventually get in last night. And, um, yeah, I think they were probably just as excited and probably more nervous than I was um, you're hearing the stories up there from in the stands but uh, you know I was glad to glad to have all of them out um, you know glad they got to experience it and glad they were you know, right there alongside was your cell phone battery done by the by the uh. time you got back to it after you were done I'm sure you had a lot of congratulations yes yeah the first day was um, you know when I was activated the first day in um, in Milwaukee you know getting blown up then and then of course last night getting in there and you know, getting the first couple innings was again blowing up again. Very, very cool. What was the first real emotional moment for you when it was all said and done, where you could take a deep breath? Um, yeah, I had to say after the last game, after the, after the last out in that last inning, um, you know, to to get the last out and then turn around and you know realize that I finally got the save because I didn't know it was a save situation at the time. Um, so to realize that it was a save and you know everyone, everyone saying congrats and getting to getting to hug the family and after was uh, was pretty cool. Well, congratulations! Now you just get to be a normal major leaguer moving <laughs> forward. So I'm sure you're glad to have some of it out of the way as well. Thanks so much for giving us some time, Corbin. Yep, thank you. Checking in on the farm. As we go down on the farm, the Brewers minor leagues are having some tremendous success right now. And we always begin with AAA Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs is now sitting at 55 and 45 on the year. Uh, they begin the day today uh, in a really big battle in the American Northern Division of the Pacific Coast League. They're currently a half game back of Oklahoma City, but uh, it's, it's pretty... A pretty good little battle going on between those two teams right now. Colorado Springs had the big win on Tuesday night. Matt Albers actually threw an inning in two-thirds in a rehab start in that game for Colorado Springs. The Sky Sox uh, look to, to be in a, in a battle that's going to go all year long in that Pacific Coast League. In the Southern League, Biloxi is having just a, an incredible, incredible season. They are currently 19-12 in the second half. They won the first half in the Southern League South. Right now, Pensacola leads them by three games in the second half. The Shuckers are getting absolutely monster numbers right now from Corey Ray. Corey Ray homered again on Tuesday night. That was his 20th home run of the season for Corey Ray. He has stolen 32 bases. He is really in a league of his own in this regard. He's hitting 258 on the year. He has an OPS of 860. 
He's slugging at a 512 clip. Cordero has 27 doubles as well this year. Also in Biloxi, you have Lucas Ersig, who's been red hot here recently. He has put up some big numbers post All-Star break. In his last 10 games, he's 14 of 37 uh, with a couple of home runs and four driven in for Lucas Ersig. Again, he's hitting 257 on the year right now, but that was after a very slow start. He has 11 home runs this season as well. And Keston here is hitting 284. He has four home runs. He's driven in 11. He has 13 doubles since getting called up to double-A. Jake Gatewood's had a very good year also. A lot of power at the plate. He has 19 home runs, and he's driven in 59 this year for Biloxi. On the mound, Zach Brown is making a case to potentially be the Brewers' minor league pitcher of the year. He has thrown 111 innings, 2.34 ERAs, 9-0 on the year. He is having a monster season for the crew. Luis Ortiz has lowered his ERA under four now. He's 2-4 and four with a 3.92 ERA. Nate Greep has 26 saves on the season. John Olzak has a 1.37 ERA and 31 appearances. It's been uh, an impressive year, both on the mound and at the plate for the Brewers AA affiliate in the Biloxi Shockers. The Carolina Mudcats have had a good second half to the season themselves, and that's been very encouraging for a, a Mudcat team that didn't have the best first half. They went 34 and 36. Certainly wasn't a, a bad first half. It was a competitive first half. But this young team has come out in the second half and played very well. They're now 17 and 14 in the second half. They are three and a half games back of the Winston-Salem Dash in the Carolina League Southern Division. And for Carolina, it's been a lot of different names because so many of their players have moved up to double-A as this season's gone along. They have some names that have done some things for them recently, though. Weston Wilson's hitting 262 with 12 home runs and 56 driven, and that's been really good to see. Demi Oromoloy began the year in the Midwest League. He's now in Class A advance. Uh, he has two home runs and 12 driven in, hitting 254 since his promotion. And then on the mound, it's been Cam Regner pretty much all year long, 8-5 and five with a 2-2-6 ERA. He's been one of the real headliners that's been kind of carrying things for the Mudcats. Braden Webb's pitched well recently to 5-7 with a 3-9-1 ERA. And then the Class A Midwest League, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, the T-Rats, another young team this year. Not a ton of experience coming into this year for the T-Rats, but uh, they have uh, played better for the most part in the second half. They're just about 500. They're 14-16 in the second half. They're seven and a half games back in the Western Division of the Midwest League. But again, they've also seen a lot of roster turnover uh, so far this year because they've had a lot of their guys. I just told you about Demi Oromoloy, Joe Angel Segovia. Those guys have moved up to Class A advanced this season. So it's been Peyton Henry, one of the guys really kind of carrying things for the T-Rats offensively, the young catcher who has uh, some impressive numbers so far this year, 261, eight home runs and 31 driven in for him. Zach Clark has done some good things with a 257 average, six home runs and 23 driven in as well. And then on the mound, a handful of guys have performed well. Christian Togner, 6-6 six six with a 3-3-2 ERA in 19 starts. He's one of the guys that uh, people are paying close attention to that has a chance to be a good pitcher down the road for this Brewers club. So that kind of gets you caught up on things. The rookie league Helena Brewers 17 and 20 going into Tuesday's action and then the rookie Arizona League Brewers 11 and 16 going into Tuesday's action 
as well. Told you all those things about Corey Rays, the Southern League Player of the Week. He was on MLB Pipeline's Team of the Week again. He's just really putting up big numbers. He's going to rise up those prospect lists at the end of the season. Let's see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. The crew will return home on August 3rd. That's a Friday night against the Rockies. It's a five-county Friday as well. So residents of Milwaukee, Ozaki, Racine, Washington, and Waukesha counties save 50% on tickets. And it's also a student night. Also, of course, the Miller Lite beer pin is available as well at 710. Start against that game against the Rockies. Uh, also, uh, on August the 4th, that is a theme night ticket package, the Sandlot's 25th anniversary night. Fans who purchase a special ticket package for the Sandlot 25th anniversary night receive a Brewer's Great Hambino bobblehead and a portion of all proceeds from each ticket package will be, will be donated to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Milwaukee. That's going to be very cool. It's also a season seat holder appreciation day. And then Sunday, August 5th, that is American Legion Day. Kids will run the bases with exclusive Brewer's cap as well. And that is Bob Euchre talking bottle opener presented by Palermo's Frozen Pizza. I cannot wait to get my hands on that. I've got a little bit of a preview sitting in our booth of some of the things that that talking bottle opener is going to say. It's going to be really cool. And we hope you'll come out. Again, visit Brewers.com for more ticket info. That is going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grinnell. We'll talk to you from Los Angeles next week right here on Brewers on Tap. Brewers, 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 Brewers. Come on!